You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Tech One Designs, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Transcanda Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, and Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting. I am your host, as usual, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, a couple of my very favorite bench racing buddies. Uh, the first goes by the name of Tony Blazer. How's it going, Tony? Well, thank you. How are you guys? Hey, I'm not too bad, man. And the second, uh, Mike Sweeney, uh, <laughs> photographer to the stars, uh, loves shooting some some motocross. Uh, every once in a while when he's in the stands at a hockey game, he'll snap some pictures as well, usually from his cell phone, though. Uh, Mike Sweeney, how's it going? I'm good. Good, good, good. Thank you for the uh, introduction. Excellent. Uh, this this podcast off to an amazing start already. Uh, we've already got some laughter, which is something that I like to see. Uh, of course, this entire podcast is brought to you by Golden Tire. Uh, Golden Tire, the exclusive sponsor for the uh, race reviews and some bench racing. So Golden Tire USA, as well as Golden Tire Canada, go on their websites, check out their tires. They've got a uh, an intermediate tire with the exact same tread pattern as the uh, the spec tire from 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 Dunlop. So uh, if you like the look of that tire, you'll love the way that the Golden Tire 232 uh, grabs the dirt for you. So check those guys out. Mike at Golden Tire Canada could help you out. But uh, this is all about bench racing, boys. The uh, the gate is the the card is turned sideways. The gate's about to drop on this sucker. And uh, from the get go, Tony, uh, I want to get your take on the 250 class. Um, get, give me a give me an overview of these guys. Like 250, the West class. It's been the stronger class over the last few years. Uh, and and from what I can tell, it, it's it's been some good racing so far. So give me a, uh, your overall impression. Of, of, of how you think everything's been going so far, as well as uh, a letter grade on both strength, uh, entertainment of the racing, and also uh, potential for the series to get better. I think it's been great. I mean, I think the 250s have been really exciting. Usually the, the smaller bike class a lot of times are the more entertaining class to watch. Um, I you're out. A lot of those guys are a little crazy, a little more aggressive, a little more interested in banging bars, and I think we've seen that already this year with... Uh, Tyler Bowers and just about everybody in the class, it seems. <laughs> um, I think uh, that was pretty exciting to see Malcolm finally get his first win last week. That was great. We had the excitement of Cooper Webb coming through the pack after his running with Bowers. It's, uh, yes. I think every race so far has been really exciting. Absolutely. Uh, letter grades on uh, the strength of the series so far? I'd give it an A. I think it's been really good. I mean, uh, maybe a B plus. I, I would love to see you know five or six guys win. I think if if Cooper Webb uh, was getting better starts, I think he would have smoked these dudes every time. I think so. Um, you're right. It, it's been probably lucky for us at home that he's been getting you know some subpar starts. Hey, you want to to the front? Do you want me to go upstairs? Hello. What's that, Mike? Mike oh, Sweeney, sorry. are you going upstairs? Sorry, I was, I was, <laughs> sorry, I was talking to somebody. I forgot my microphone was on. Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> That's what. Uh, yeah, it's 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 all good, man. Uh, Mathis has his dogs barking ninety percent of the time, anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah, you got me barking for sure, um, which is which is great too. Um, yeah, like you said, s- strong series could be could be stronger, but uh, as far as entertainment goes, same same way. You're, you're thinking uh, a high B plus or an A. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's been great. I mean, you got Jesse Nelson, who I really didn't expect to be quite as fast as he was at the first couple of rounds. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you got Cooper Webb coming on and Mookie winning this week. And I still think uh, you could see a Josh Hill or somebody else, uh, Tyler Bowers certainly could uh, pull off a win. You know, I think it's been really exciting so far, and it's only going to get uh, better as we go. I, 
as much as I think Cooper Webb could rip off like a couple of wins in a row, the 250 class, what's exciting about that is, again, it's unpredictable. The guys typically um, will make a mistake or lose their head and throw it away or something. So you don't usually see a guy, you know, run off five or six wins in a row in that class typically. So uh, it should be exciting to the end, I think. Yeah, in fact, uh, I don't know how many times they dropped uh, the fact that the last Yamaha rider to rip off three straight uh, on the West Coast was none other than uh, Jason Lawrence. Uh, I'm sure he had to have been grinning ear to ear with that shit-eating grin that he's got. Uh, just, I just, I, I can't, can only imagine how, how much fun he was having with the fact that um, they were mentioning his win streak over top of guys like uh, Cooper Webb doing what they were doing. And uh, uh, great, honestly, uh, like uh, huge congratulations to Mookie. I know uh, I, I didn't expect it. I don't think he expected it to be. If he had to be completely honest with himself. Um, and yeah, the, the 250 class has been entertaining so far for sure. We've got uh, three winners over four races. Uh, fastest guy, I believe, is is Webb. Uh, Mike, do you echo the the same sent- sentiments that uh, that Tony does? That it's it's a strong series. Uh, there is some room for improvement as far as the entertainment value goes, but otherwise, uh, great racing. Oh, for sure. To me, it's the 250 class is kind of like tiptoeing through a minefield. It's like just when you think you have everything figured out, you know, you trigger something and boom, everything is different. So it's, uh, it's, you know, just like the 125 class used to be back in the day. It's, uh, you never know what you're going to get from week to week. And, you know, right now it's looking like Cooper's going to go on a tear and, you know, close off the season with wins, but, you know, never count on it in that class. That's for sure. That's one thing we definitely know. So if, if things were to continue as they are, you could maybe throw a, a a headline on it like 250s. 250s are like a box of chocolates. Or Web <laughs> runs away with it. Oh, let's yeah, not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Worst well, like, segment in pulp oh, history. Oh, man. With, with Cooper, not though, if Cooper was a more consistent starter, I would. I think you could pretty much stamp that he was going to run away with the series. But, for whatever reason, he's not getting out of the gate. So he's kind of, you know... Yeah. On a bike that everyone says is stupid fast, too. Yeah. So you got to believe that it's technique or something's going wrong there with him. Or maybe he just wants to give everybody a head start because he's a That nice could guy. be, too. He's got uh, he's got a passing uh, bonus in his, uh, in his contract. Um, <laughs> next question, Mike. Uh, you're a photographer. Uh, you love to to just analyze these guys, the way they look on the bike, the way they move. Uh, who is the funnest guy to watch uh, out there on the track? Uh, I know we're all we're, like, I'm the only one that's watched it live so far. Um, but, but nevertheless, uh, who's one of the guys that you'd like to photograph? Uh, as far as the 450 class goes, uh, we're talking 250s. With... We're talking 250s. Oh, right 250 now. class. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think Cooper, you know, the, the smaller guys seem to kind of get all over the bike. So, like, Cooper Webb, uh, you know, he always looks good on that. I think he can do a lot of, you know, get that thing upside down. Mm. Um, you know, he's uh, Zach Bell. I got a lot of good shots of him at Dilla. Uh, Justin Hill, just real nice style, too. And Josh Hansen, same thing. Uh, actually, you know who else? Mikhail Rath. Uh, Shane McElrath has a real nice style. So I remember I, I caught a bunch of good shots of him at the end of this year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then 250 East guy is definitely Marvin. God, that guy photographs well. He's just, he's buttery smooth. Oh, yeah. And he's just got such nice lines, like such nice body position, which is weird because Porcel doesn't photograph well. And he's always just like, you know, in a good spot on the bike, but it just doesn't translate to photographs well it's kind of weird so yeah well yeah i think the 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 purcell thing is that like you talked about having he takes weird lines so as a photographer you're used to certain guys coming through a section certain way it's you almost have to change the way you want to photograph photograph him rather than everybody else because his body position is and his coming through a section is going to be different yeah he, he definitely makes it hard to set up on, you know, a certain rut and focus there and trap photo, you know, you got to kind of follow him instead of, you know, waiting for him to come through a certain spot. So 
you know, unless you can really project it far ahead, you know, but even then, you know, who knows? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, Josh Hansen has a good look this year. I think he'd be fun to photograph too. Well, going slow does usually create great photographs. <laughs> oh man. Poor guy. Ouch. Is it, is Seriously, that training? No. What's, what's up? I mean, you got, what do you guys think? Is that training with him? I, I think that that's honestly just being off the pace. Like, he's not used to going the, the, like, he's a very skilled rider. I don't take anything away from his skill on a bike, but yeah. balance and being able to throw the bike upside down has nothing to do with corner speed. And oh, sure. I, yeah. I think his intensity and the way he's been riding is not there. These young guys and the, even Bowers is not a young guy, but he's, they've been focused on doing nothing but going fast, being as efficient as possible on the motorcycle and training their bodies to do 15 laps as uh, flat out and the road bike rides yeah. and this, yeah. that, and the other thing. Yeah. He's never done that even when he was racing, let alone now when he hits the ramps and, and and does his thing like honestly like all the power to the guy he's extremely fun to watch ride a dirt bike but as, when it comes to racing i think his envelope of time has cl- has closed like uh tony I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that first uh you know it's hard to say if it's actually you know he's out of shape but you got to know he's probably not uh, putting in the sign of kind of effort that you'd see with if he was training with alden or somebody and you're right he's never been that guy to go out and grind out endless motos and put in a ton of work. He was more, you know, yeah. a laid back kind of guy in general. And it is possible too, that just the pace of things is passing by a little bit, you know, I mean, he has, um, it wasn't like he was James Stewart before he took a year or two off. And then yeah. now you, know, you come back and everybody else has been putting in the work and stuff. And it is getting up there a little bit and stuff. It's, it's probably just passing by a little bit. I mean, um, I didn't expect to see him go out there and win the title or anything, but I, I did think he'd be, you know, a threat for at least a podium. So that part's been disappointing to be sure. Yeah. So I, here's I, the question. Though. Go ahead, Mike. Here's my question is, uh, are we going to see the same sort of thing with AC from having so much time off? No, I don't think so. Cause he's, he's, he's in the, uh, the whole Baker program. So, you know, he's going to be in shape and, I think he took it. He's been taking it more seriously than Hanny since he was five years old, yeah. probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Hanson was ever that guy that was going to, you know, take it on himself to go and train with Alden and, and Ricky and all those guys when he's like, you know, twelve. It's no, not yeah, his I personality, think, you know. I think I don't Rod, think he ever uh, had that level. Of AC probably has more days on a on a road bike in his life than Hanny does in his life, and they're ten years apart. Yeah, that's a sure bet, I would guess, at this point. <laughs> so, honest, you know. yeah, and I th- I think if, if you buy hearing uh, Adam on the Pulp Show this last week, like, the kid sounds confident. Like, Dude, does he, he sound like a 40-year-old or what? I mean, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard a couple of people talking about, oh, get that kid off of there. I'm like, he is better. Like, let's remember that he's 18 years old. If the average 18-year-old, even if a good motocross racer was sitting in that chair... They'd be fumbling all over themselves. Definitely not wisecracking on Steve as much as he was, and just. Oh, I thought he was incredible. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought great. it was good. It's a good show. Like I actually, I I, when, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say I think AC. You know, he's asking him about how he's going to come out. I think if he, if his shoulder is a hundred percent, come hang down. I think he's a legitimate threat for the title right out of the bat. Yep. You know, I, yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no reason that kid with as much talent as he has, if his shoulder's okay. Uh, I don't think you can count him out. You know, I don't think you can look at that rookie season and put much weight in that. You know, he was very sick and had all kinds of problems with his body that year. I think we saw a little bit of what the real Adam Cincerello is last year in Supercross before he got hurt. And I, I think yeah. he's so young. I don't think that, you know, a couple of injuries, assuming that he's not like going to have a Robbie Rayner situation where it's just going to be yeah. a lingering thing. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if he can come back from this, I mean, plenty of guys have gotten hurt and come back and you don't even think about the fact that they got hurt. Um, you know, it's the ones like the Rainers and guys like that where it never really gets better that, you know, the shape of, of the world. But, I mean, all of us who have raced have jacked ourselves up and had surgery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just sir. part of the, part of the thing that happens when you're riding motocross. So Amen. Uh, he, and he's young, he's in way better shape than a lot of these guys are even at this point, I'm sure. So I would expect him to be at yep. speed. For sure. And the fact that he had mentioned on the show there that he'll be back on the bike at the beginning of March, 
uh, being like that's that surprised was, he's not going to make the last few rounds of Supercross. That's the thing, though. He's gonna he's gonna focus on outdoors, and he's gonna have a jump yeah. on everybody to get that bike so dialed for the outdoor oh, series that yeah. he he's gonna have three solid months: March, April, May. All of a sudden, the gate's gonna drop on uh, on Hangtown, and I'm telling you right now, that kid's gonna be coming to play. Um, yeah, Adam Cincerolo is gonna, is gonna, I think he's gonna do some great things as long as he can stay off the ground. Uh, which honestly, like, it seems like, like, he doesn't have a crashing problem. He has an injury problem. When he hits the ground, he, he, he breaks. So yeah. if, if he can, he if he can bounce. solve that, yeah. it's just, that's, that, that's 100% it. I wonder if that's partly because he's grown so much and he's just become so much more lanky than he used to be. I mean, I know. When I was his age, I went through a similar growth spurt. I literally grew a foot in a year, and I broke my ankle in two places. And, as well, and the doctor actually told me when I had it x-rayed, I had air bubbles in my in my bones because I was growing so fast. So I'm wondering if maybe some of his yeah, I'm wondering if some of his injuries are coming from you know he's just got this new body, which actually makes his skill yeah. even more incredible. Because I know I didn't have coordination for a while because I was just like same thing. It was just like yeah, you know. Just like a great yeah, that was one of the same things. He said he's grown like seven inches, you know, and you, you wonder how much your body, while it's going through the transition, is vulnerable to injury. You know, you would think it would certainly be more than normal. Yeah, and, yeah. and like your equilibrium would be off, your timing is off. Like basically, yeah, you, you're like your your coordination is not nearly where it was when you were uh, uh, just a smaller person. Like he had been trained for, for a certain amount, like for a certain size. And all of a sudden, like it's like, it's, it's almost as if the bike keeps getting bigger every month. Yeah. Yeah. It takes so, the body a while to catch up or the brain a while to catch up to the body. Actually. Totally. More precise. All right. So Tony, uh, back to the letter grades. Uh, every single, uh, I want you to give a letter grade for performance and style, uh, combined, like uh, a combined letter grade, uh, for both, uh, for all, th- all of the teams, Pro Circuit, Geico, Star Racing, uh, Rockstar, and Troy Lee, uh, if the way how they've been doing as a team, way how good they look out there on the bikes with the gear and how the bike looks, um, like starting out with PC, what's your thoughts? I think like studying for the SATs here. Um, all right, starting with PC. I would say, um, wow, as far as looks and stuff, I would give PC like a D because they look the same going back to, you know, 2005 or something. They don't even change their look. Hard. That's I'll, what I was going to say, know, too. Get, they used to change all the I will, time. I will give them a little bit of a bump. I'll make it a, a C- minus because they did put a little green back in the bike this year. So it's not quite all murdered out in black, like always. So I will say that looks a little better, but I mean, personally, I wish they would do a little something to, you know, freshen up the look. I mean, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't change from year to year very much. And I I mean, I realize that monsters, yeah, yeah, it's like monsters are main sponsor, but you'd think they could still mix it up a little bit. (laughs) Um, performance wise that, you know, they've done well. Aldridge obviously keeps, uh, hitting the eject button, but, uh, Bowers has been up front. So I think that's good. Um, Geico, uh, I like the look of the alias gear a lot. Um, I would give them probably a solid B plus. I, I, uh, I think the, some of the colorways they're running this year look pretty good. Um, I didn't care for that gear the first year it came out, but the last couple of years is actually some of my favorite stuff. I like it. I really like the, the orange and blue combo they were running only two weeks ago. Um, the bikes themselves, they're not, they're nice looking bikes. You know, again, they, they, look the same going back three or four years. So it'd be nice if they would be freshened up a little bit, but there's only so much you can do when you're trying to get with, uh, you know, Spon- that one sponsor sponsors on and, and recognition, brand recognition. Yeah, they do a good job of that. I mean, it's obviously the, the goal is to get your sponsor out there and you can actually, you know, you can tell who they're sponsored by. It's prominently displayed. So that's good. Um, Troy Lee, I think the Troy Lee, uh, gear and bikes and everything is probably like the best looking stuff in the whole pits. They do a great job of uh, coordinating their stuff. And obviously that's where Troy Lee's made his career is, right. you know, helmet paint jobs and style. And I mean, when they, some of the stuff they run this year when the color coordinated with the bikes, I just think it looks really cool. I wasn't so uh, pumped on the switch to KTM at first, but I, I think the bike's, Look really good. They did a good job. I think they just kept the same look though. Going like with they just put, took a a graphic kit for the Honda and moved it over to the KTM. I was kind of hoping they'd do a little bit of like almost like change the color scheme a little bit. Like I didn't like that they kept the blue seat. Like 
why not go with like a different color scheme altogether sort of thing but do they yeah, want I guess a they different could. color plastic like yeah. it looks orange, more like a flow orange to me i think yeah. it is yeah, yeah. It it looks looks the flow orange stuff they're doing there it's it's the acerbis uh acerbis um Acrobis orange. Acrobis <laughs> orange. They have Acrobis. a specific orange for that. Um, but yeah, no, I was kind of thinking they'd go like black seat with the three stripe instead. Like I, I, I don't know. Like uh, just, just, just mix it up a little bit different. Uh, although I guess they still want to have that brand recognition that that is the Troy Lee bike, which I guess the the blue seat over the last four years has kind of been their staple. Uh, how about Star Racing? Um, the I think the Star Racing bikes look pretty good. I like the uh, I. I like the gear, but I actually preferred the MSR stuff they wore last year, but I guess MSR has gone off-road now. So yeah. the answer stuff, uh, I like to tease them about the fact that they can't spell the name answer, but uh, the gear yeah. itself looked pretty good. I like the stuff he was wearing when it was the yellow and red combo. It was pretty sharp. Um, wasn't so hot on the black and white. That's just kind of boring he wore last week, but that's everybody that at Oakland for some stupid reason. And uh, I think overall they have a good look. Um, the Yamahas are very spacey-looking bikes to begin with, even stock, so... Um, they look pretty cool. I think um, one of my favorites, are, I really like the Huskies. The, the Rockstar Husqvarna team yes. is uh, an awesome look. I mean, I'm an old guy, and I always thought the Husqvarna's were cool, even though, you know, if you rode some of the old ones, they weren't that great to ride. They were neat-looking bikes, and I uh, I think the new bikes look really sharp. That's a good look in general, I think. And uh, although the riders have been up and down, you know, Zach Hurt this time at the first round was kind of a bummer. Um, I'd like to have seen him do a little better, but um, overall, I think they've you know got a good bit of uh, presence on television and looks good doing it. You know, totally agree. Hey, did I... you guys see that? Oh, go ahead. Mike. Did you guys see this? This did you guys see this weekend? Uh, is Retro Night at Anaheim? Oh, is it? I had no idea. Yeah. I, I really hope that Rockstar has gone with like a total blue, yellow, and white beer can look. Pull out the old yeah. Go full on Kit Howerton or something there. Yeah, that would, yeah. that would be unbreakable. I'm curious how many people actually do something. The problem is half the teams don't even bother. You know, they yeah. do it and it's kind of a half ass thing where you get um, like JGR look awesome with their like their old yellow bumblebee look. You know, yeah, but then the yeah, Honda, like Honda was, it, was it two years ago that Honda actually pulled out the old like '86 style for Barsha, and then that was pretty cool. That was last I think that year. Was last yeah. year was it last year they did that? That, that was, was yeah. That was just you last know, year. Yeah looked like our rj's old bike and stuff that was pretty cool so it was nice to see some of the guys put a little effort into that you know? even albertson did last year and uh yeah I, I would like to have seen like kawasaki i know uh like go with like a blue seat or heaven forbid a purple one uh um, <laughs> that'd be cool you know purple, just, i say that every happen. year the blue would be cool well, yeah, what if would bring be look back do it up like emig's bike from 96 or something that would be so cool yeah, like incorporate the uh, get the, get some design team guys going. Like incorporate all the appropriate sponsors, but just throw it back in, ter- in terms of fonts and other things to to kind of make it a little bit more throwback. Like actually embrace the throwback thing, create some noise, to, so people want to like emulate that style or like that. Those are the types of things that I think stir up the hardcore fans to go out and and make their bike change. To, to match stuff that they have out there on the track, you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love frame, to see that flow green. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. How about for a, sure. How about if KTM did a white with a with a turquoise and orange? You know, oh, just like the tapioca. Oh, I'm not. Sure. I, uh, it would no, no. be ugly as sin, but still. <laughs> well, they used to run, Mike Lee or something did that a couple years ago. Or what? Go ahead. What they used okay. to run white with the red frames. Wasn't that uh, what it was? 1990, yeah, white with the red. It was like the red, white, and blue look. It was a white plastic. That was a good look. That, I, I love that. That's a sharp looking. Don't you think yeah. that'd be awesome for for TLD if they ran white plastic with red frames? That, that would be, cool. be maybe, like, maybe not the 91 style with the mint green. Maybe they should miss that one. <laughs> the the 90. Yeah, we could, yeah, we could skip that. That wasn't. Yeah. There are always things that we <laughs> can skip a little bit, but crowd. if like say if yeah. PC was to go with like a. Uh, the blue anodized fork tubes and like oh, some, oh yeah, yep. yeah, like, you know, like, like that, the, 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 like. um, the hot wheels, uh, themed bike from like 93. Yep. And go yeah, with like an old school font on the numbers and like big numbers and, uh, like a, uh, blue, blue back fender with blue, uh, blue back number plates. 
Yes, I could see it. The problem is, like, like, since the manufacturers aren't the main sponsors of the teams a lot of times, it's hard, you know, to uh, switch it up too much because Monster wants to look like a he wants it to look like a big Monster can. You know, that's the problem. So, yeah, but it's one race a year. Change it up, like that's attract I, more I attention. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, to, like that. Embrace the the throwback and acknowledge that you're throwing it back to a time when your product didn't exist yet. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys noticed the side plates on this year's bikes have gotten bigger under the seat? Under the seat? You yeah, mean KTMs? Like no, actually. Yeah, fire over the KTMs. Another manufacturer, too. Um, but I guess it's mostly the KTMs. It's like, remember back in the, like, before 70, like, up, up until about 78 or so, the number plate was more, like, where your boots were instead of, like, behind your boots? Okay, Are yeah, so you yeah, talking yeah. about moving them forward? Yeah. Yeah, the FIM yeah. made them move it backwards, like in '78. That's when they started moving exactly. the plate back. Okay. And it, there's just there's just more side plate forward now on uh, the new the KTM's, KTMs look like that because they integrated yeah, it kind of into the airbox all in one unit. Yeah. Well, yep. that's that's because they have to have it on the airbox. Because like, have you guys ever looked at a KTM without any graphics on it? Good lord, yeah. uh, you'd have 50 cc style numbers on the like you'd never even be able to see. It's yeah, like, there's not much there. Yeah, it's it's the the years of the shrinking back number plates. Except for like as we talked about in the previous podcast, Suzuki hasn't changed their bikes since '93, so they've got the big old barn door uh, yeah back yeah. number plates. But yeah, like Kawasaki's are small. Yeah, Husqvarna. I mean, a couple of years ago, when they were still the Italian ones, they they were like maybe two inches Ugh. tall. Yeah. They, were, they were so terrible. I'm like, good lord, I don't know what yep. the heck they were thinking. But guys were having they, to uh, put their numbers on for it. Number on. All right, so two uh, fifties. Uh, go, kind of uh, as usual. We 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 get off topic, but uh, it's all great listening. <laughs> um, predictions, top five, uh, starting with Mike for the 250 class at Anaheim three, which drops tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to, you got to go with Cooper Webb, the hot hand right now for the one. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go Tyler Bowers for two, uh, Mookie for three. I'm going to put, uh, Alex Martin in the four guy seems hot. He seems like he's figured something out too. And I'd go, uh, I'm going to go Plessinger with the fifth. Keeping Osborne out of your top five. Yeah, and Nelson out of your top them. five. All right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um, and Tony, same question. F- top five prediction for uh, All right. for 250s. All right, I'm going Tyler Bowers for the win. I think he only nice. gets his win. I think Cooper Webb second. I'm going to go, uh, let's see. I think Jesse Nelson gets third. Yeah. Um, Malcolm fourth. And then Plessinger fifth. Plessinger career best with a fifth. Although maybe did he get a fifth in Anaheim one? I think did he get a fifth already? I think he did. Yeah, he got a, a fifth at Anaheim fifth. one. But now that kid's yeah. got some serious speed, and uh, I like your predictions for sure. Especially uh, getting that monster cowie uh, up top at the front, where uh, Mitch Payton, regardless of where uh, Aldridge ends up, he'll be pumped on his night if uh, if Bowers is able to collect a win. Uh, right before we we move over to the four fifties. Mike, what's happened to to Chris Aldridge? Um, like, is is he is it the pressure of the the pros? Is it just some funky things that have gone on over the last four races? The kid can't stay off the ground. I think he's trying too hard. I think he just needs to relax and let it come to him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's got some a pretty good amount of Supercross racing in his amateur past, so. Um, you know, I don't know if it's that or yeah. I gotta go with he's just he's just you know, he's just gonna relax, let it come to him a little bit. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear. Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. 
For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Selkirk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 482 7782 Boom! Westside! What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than hair and stronger than steel. So what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Let's move on straight to uh, the 450s. And uh, as I started with Tony, the last one, we'll start start with Mike here. Uh, Overall impression uh, on a letter grade uh, for the 450 class as far as uh, entertainment and the, uh, the strength of the field so far. You gotta give, you know, I gotta give it an A. I mean, it, it seems like what we've had, we've had one runaway race, uh, with Kenny's win where he just kind of checked out and left everybody. Uh, I'd say um, two with, uh, like the race in Phoenix was kind of over by lap with seven. Eli. But yeah, but yeah, other than some, that, yeah, great had, racing. Yeah, we had some pretty good laps between Eli and Kenny before that though. So, yeah. uh, but you're right, you know, the last, five or so were a little boring so all right so maybe i'll knock it down to a b plus but uh still some great racing some great drama uh you know the whole thing with chad and uh trey and uh it's been hard to predict a winner and then uh of course you got the diesel you know leaving open with that red plate pretty That's impressive pretty there the, uh that was the biggest point swing we've seen in a long time too uh was that something like a 17 point swing yeah uh, after that round for sure so that was that was pretty huge we haven't seen that in a long time but this is uh interesting enough this is the second year in a row that kenny has left or entered round four with the points lead and left without it hmm. fair enough interesting factoid there uh tony um what's the chanceability that this series can get 
better? Like, how, what's the room for improvement uh, that the 450 class has? Obviously, we've lost a couple of guys to injury. Uh, some for the whole series uh, being uh, Wilbur and, uh, and and Dean are both done. Uh, West and Pike out for a while. Same thing with, uh, with Brayton. Uh, so like with those four guys out, um, makes for some, some more interesting racing out there for sure. Those guys won't be on the line. More of those, uh, bubble guys will be making it into the main events. Uh, but as far as, uh, competitiveness, uh, how, how, how much better can this series get? I think it, I mean, I definitely think it can get better. I mean, if you have Reed win a race this weekend or so at some point, I think that'll, uh, be incredibly exciting. And I think it, I think it could happen. I mean, we still haven't seen, uh, Dungey win a race. He's got the red plate, but he's done it with consistency. Um, I really don't think, uh, with no offense to Will or Dean, I didn't really expect him to be much of a factor anyway. So I don't think the, them being out of the series is probably going to change the outcome too much either way. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Trey can, uh, back, back the win up last week with another one, be back up front. You still have Eli who's shown blazing speed, but erratic results. Jason Anderson. Take a start. Yeah, exactly. He needs to start. Same as Barsha. I mean, Barsha has looked, you know, pretty ragged at times, but he's the same kind of guy that if he gets a hole shot, um, he just could check out very easily. I was not shocked. Did you guys know that Shorty has led more laps than Barsha this year? Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. Shorty's having a way better year. It is. Yeah. Is he ahead of him in points? Bandwagon. Yeah, Shorty's having a hell of a year, you know? Yeah. Well, no, Weston's out of a better year. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, Barsha, I can't really quite put a finger on what's holding him back. I don't know if maybe uh, the pressure of not really becoming what he was supposed to is getting to him a little bit. Uh, I know uh, some outside or uh, ins- insiders have mentioned that um, he had. He's super not pumped on the tire. Uh, neither. Neither one. Uh, both. Uh, Pike and uh, Barsha not agreeing with the the Pirellis and uh, of course Pirelli not very excited about that news getting out Um, which like if that's like these guys are mental cases if you don't think you got the right tire you don't have the right tire Uh, so like I I can't really explain other than that what what's what's eating Justin Barsha, but uh, the guy's not getting it done. He's he's not in the fight. We're not talking about him on race day. Um, you know, he's yeah, he's, he's pretty side visible note on out that? there. Side, side note on that thought about the tires is CR two twos on Pirellis this year too, right? He is as well. He did switch, yeah. Not not and, pumped on him either. I don't think. No, and it, one thing I have noticed, and I don't know if you guys would agree with this or not, but CR22 and Barsha, neither of them, to me, have looked like they've had great corner speed. They don't look like they're like gaining momentum through those bull turns. They don't look like they're really carving corners and gaining speed through corners, like you see Roxanne and Tomac. Like, did you guys see that pass that Tomac put on a CR22 where he like, slingshot it off that inside section? Or the pass the that he had on... Uh, um... Yeah. Uh, in he, Phoenix he, he there, when he went up that dragon's back? Yeah, it was just ridiculous. He, there was like a section where you could go either inside or outside through the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. You and he took A2? the inside section. I, no, it was in Oakland. Oh, okay. Um, maybe it was at A2. I could be, I could be well, mixing them up. But either way, it was, he went through the corner so much faster than Chad did. And he went through the corner on the inside. Chad went through it on the outside. I was like, damn, look at the difference in that corner speed. And, and that's what it was. And to me, that's what I'm seeing with, with Chad, and it's gotten better in the last two weeks, and definitely with Barsh, is to me, it doesn't look like they're riding through the corners fast at all. Well, Chad's super sensitive to the, what his front end is doing. He always yeah. has been. And I'm sure, I, yep. you know, it's, that's why he's always, you know, jerking around with his, trying to get his forks the certain way. I'm sure if he if he's not getting that feel out of that tire, that's definitely affecting his. And he's a smart guy, and that he's not that dude like RC would be, where he's like, ah, screw it, it doesn't work. I'm just twisting the grip harder. If he doesn't, if he's not yeah. feeling it, he's backing it down. He, you know, that's always been his uh, strong suit in that respect. So yeah, if he's if he's not happy with the tires, I'm sure that could have a big effect on his in his performances. You know? Yeah, if it's not tracking, stuff on tires not tracking. Yeah. Absolute, uh, Tony. Uh, who's got the hottest look uh, on the track right now? Who's got the hottest gear and bike combo of the 450 class? Oh, of the 450s. 
Um, I, I love the looks of the KTM this year. I think it, the the factory bikes look really sharp. Um, but I, you know, some of the Fox stuff I've not been hugely loving. Um, man, she would I say is the best look? I'd say Chad Reed. I, I love the look uh, that he ran last week. The um, Australia Day, the green and gold stuff. Mm-hmm. I love yep. that. Every time they pull that out, yeah, it looked yep. awesome on that that uh, flow green plastic on his bike. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the look of his bike anyway. It looks really awesome uh, with the, the powder-coated frame and everything. And then when you throw in the bright green and gold gear, I think that was the best look so far. Absolutely. I can tell you totally who's agree. not. Who's that? <laughs> Barsha. <laughs> Again? Oh, my God. Those, I'm pretty sure that Alpine the guys at Alpine Star oh. don't like Barsha. They don't like him at yeah, all. Oh, my God. They like Boy, they want to dress him up like a clown. You guys had a couple of heinous kits, too. I mean, I'm like, what are these guys thinking? Man, the A-Star stuff is terrible. Yeah, it used to be really cool gear to watch. Like, I used to, like, love to see who's going to run it, like, back when uh, uh, they had... When ran it, it was cool. Yeah, Alessi, or even before that, when uh, Ryan Hughes had it when he was racing for KTM, great-looking stuff. And then now, I don't even know. Not good. It is terrible. I mean, it's it's almost coming a joke now. I make so much fun of it on Twitter, but it's... It's impossible not to make fun of it. It looks ridiculous. It's a hot mess. You know, I, don't, I don't know what <laughs> the heck. It's like a bunch of five-year-olds throwing paint against the wall. Yeah, it's. Uh, it looks like they're, they're taking pieces from jockeys. It looks like they're taking jockey gear and turning it into moto gear. The polka yeah. dot. I, I, you know? I, I tell you what. Who else does not look so awesome? In my opinion, is man. I'm not. I'm not loving the Blake Baggett look. That helmet oh, he has on looks yeah, like something bad. that that David Zillman would wear back in the day. It's it's bizarre looking. Uh, some of that stuff is not attractive. <laughs> no, he's he's like, got a really like bad Anderson. look going. Jason Anderson, Anderson cool. yes, yeah, and actually, not, in everything except for that uh, the Thor gear that they're they've trying to try to do the uh, um, is it the uh, the husky look is good. It's the good. husky look is good, but uh, like that yep. Thor gear they try to do like the retro stuff that just says yes. Thor across the front. Not that, a the, fan of that, that was, gear in anything other than red, white, and blue. Really, oh, I, yeah, I actually like, like the old tickle, tickle ran it. The tickle ran it last week. I thought it looked pretty good. It was like black with yellow. The center was yellow. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, I thought that yep. was pretty retro, cool too. I just find that that particular look is is specific to the Honda look. It and is. You're right. In any other color scheme, like it's as if you'd have. Um, a Boston Bruins uniform in red, white, and blue. It just wouldn't look right. <laughs> what are you doing? I'll take, I'll, I'll take your word for that one. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it would look like a, a Redskins uniform with silver, dark blue, oh, and yeah. white. See, see now, now I understand. You know, you guys you know like had a strong look, too. Sorry? You just had a strong look the way I haven't talked about is Cole Fioli. You had some good stuff. Yes, yes. That did. Well, the, the TLD stuff looks sharp, and some some of that stuff he was running. That black. One. That good all black, with a little bit of red. Yeah. Yeah. Strong. Red gloves. Like, all black gear. The, he's got the, the red white. and blue was really sharp too. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, he he's on. Like I actually asked him like, how does he feel about being the most stylish guy in the in the in the pits? And he was he's just chuckled it off a little bit. But uh, yeah, Troy Lee. Uh, the Troy Lee looked looking really really good. Um, Honestly, uh, one of the one of the gears that's kind of been better known for for making a splash out there in the last couple of years is Fly, and uh, haven't really seen too much from those guys so far. Uh, they always seem to have a lot going on with the jersey uh, and a lot of darker colors right now. It's tough to really like pick them out uh, out there on the track. Of course, we know who runs it, but uh, unlike the gear from last year, like the the uh, uh, Dolphins look, uh, we don't seem to see that from those guys this year. I like the yeah, stuff I didn't that, like ran at all. that was green and orange. No, I didn't like that that much yep. either. The stuff, the stuff that uh, Short and Brayton ran that was like this dark hunter green with mm-hmm. orange highlights. I like that, but for the most part, yeah, I didn't really care. If, I didn't like the balloon uh, stuff that Trey won in this week either. I didn't think that was that great. No. Yeah, or the uh, the gray stuff though? that uh, the gray stuff that Weston was wearing. Nice looking gear, and honestly, like I don't know if you guys saw that one picture of him. When he's just after the race there, but good lord, does oh, that yeah. guy look jacked in that picture? Yep. Like you can just see his <laughs> shoulder, like you can literally see his bicep through the jersey, and just how built he is in the upper body. Like I don't check out guys too often, but good lord, 
He's a big dude. Uh, you have that a gear, though, that... <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That gray stuff, I didn't care for that either. It looked like he was wearing pajama pants. It Did. was not a good look. No, pajama pants yeah, on my like motocross flannel. races. I don't like it. <laughs> it was not good. I will, you know, I, I will say it looked pretty good. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the seven gear last year, the Schmedium stuff that uh, James wore a lot of times. But I think some of the stuff that, that, that Jake Weimer's been running this year is pretty good. He brought out the retro like zebra look. That was pretty cool. Yes, um, big fan of that. He didn't do well in that stuff, but uh, no. it looks nice. I would, if if the pants weren't two hundred and seventy five dollars, I would definitely look to get a pair. Well, I couldn't pull off the zebra stuff, but uh, it does, some of the stuff does look pretty good. For sure, so you have uh, to be James Stewart to afford the seven. Is that what? what pretty, much. pretty much. I, like exactly. it's, it, it's it's expensive stuff. There's like no joking about it. Uh, it it is expensive, but it is nice looking stuff. Um, Mike. Um, you're, you're a photographer, you're a shutterbug and, uh, you do it for, for a living. And I, I hear you'll be, uh, also shooting at the, the New Jersey Supercross again for this year. Uh, what are two 450 guys that you would like to have for an exclusive photo shoot with these two guys? Only two, the, only these two guys out there on, uh, either a Supercross track of them or a motocross track and why? Um, Cole Sealy, because he can just do ridiculous things on a motorcycle. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, for different reasons, Chad Reed, uh, he can also do ridiculous things. Uh, but just, you know, the guy is such an icon of the sport. It would be great to, you know, get photos of him kind of at the peak of his powers. You know, it's not, you know, what what can we expect? Maybe three, four more years with Chad at the most. I was going to say so, the peak of his powers. You're hoping to go back to 2006? Yeah. Hey, don't count Chad out, man. <laughs> hey, I never count him out, but as far as his, pr- his peak or his prime, I think that's might have been where it was truly at. I have been uh, Yeah, no, that- I, it, that's hard to disagree with, but not to jump forward in the program. I'm actually going to call Chad for the win this weekend. Fair enough. Um, right, I would love right to on see then. that. Uh, hey, Mike, go, can go I ask you a question? Yeah. Oh, hey, what is your feelings uh, on the whole uh, program in New Jersey this year where there are, uh, the mains are going off like in three or... I think it's three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, what's your that's feeling? What do you think of that? That's what I'm talking about. I'm psyched because we're going to have really good light, like daytime, good light. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, the, uh, the metal end has really funky light. Like I had to do a lot of color correction to get back to a neutral color. Um, uh-huh. the color, the color in that stadium, those lights, it was like this weird, like reddish purplish greenish tint to it. Um, Huh. So I had to do like a reddish, a huge... purplish, greenish hint. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I had to do a huge. Uh, I had to go to a manual uh, uh, light correction setting on my camera to get, you know, somewhat neutral. And then I had to do more correction, uh, you know, in processing after uh, on the computer. So uh, having it daytime will be nice and. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about they're worried about shadows, but to me, uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue because they'll just put the stadium lights on and they'll fill the shadows or any shadows that are there. Uh, sure, I'm sure you guys have both been to sporting events where they've kind yeah. of turned on the lights at twilight and kind of, you know, filled in all those shadows. So right. I don't think that'll be, most part, yeah. be an issue at all. So, uh, no, I think it'll be great. How are they going to run yeah. the, the the practices though? Like, are practices going to start at eight a.m.? Practice go off eight, nine, seven a.m. <laughs> eight a.m. That, that's what which I'm thinking. Great like, as a photographer too. Yeah, yeah that, that's because uh, track walk normally is at ten thirty. So, like, yeah. instead they're going to have track walk at what six a.m. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Well, it's what? like, God, if I'm going to go to this event, when is like, when do you need to get there at five in the morning? Yeah. When's the last practice? Because I know I watch. I always watch the webcast of practice here at home, and they've been what finishing it up at three thirty p.m. Yeah, it's three thirty local, right? Yeah, three thirty local was when they were done, and, uh, and yeah. then there's 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 a, a generous amount of time between that and the first race. But if you want to keep that same distance between the last practice and the first uh, of when opening ceremonies gets going, uh, you're looking at us like you're looking at literally eleven a.m. Right? Yeah, like yeah. you gotta be eleven thirty. Yeah. Really, yeah. really early. I bet, so. I bet they condensed the. Uh, I bet they condensed the time down between the end of practice and the beginning of uh, the racing. I bet they cut it to two hours or two and a half hours, something like that. Yeah, they'd have to really because I honestly, otherwise, like you accelerate. Well, basically, um, 
you're accelerating the day by four hours. So you'd have to start practice four hours earlier uh, from 11. Yep. That's 7 a.m. is when it would have to happen. So, uh, yeah, I got to imagine they're either squeezing the time between practice and uh, and, and opening ceremonies or, or they've got to find somewhere to, to, to make up that time. Uh, obviously, these guys don't get to do uh, s- s- Friday practices like they used to. So uh, sure. it'll be interesting for sure. I'll tell you what they're not going to do is they're not going to limit how much time the fans can spend inside the stadium because that's, you know, concession, concession selling time. So they're yeah. not going to want to lose out on uh, that revenue. So it's, uh, my guess is they're going to figure out a way to keep the fans in the stands for approximately the same amount of time, um, you know, and, and just go from there. So, yeah, sure. my guess is they cut down the middle time. There'll just be no uh, no autograph sessions uh, whatsoever, or the autograph sessions will be at eleven o'clock in the morning or something like that. Autograph brunch. <laughs> autograph brunch. Uh, they have a smoking. What are I know the thing. They're supposed to have the whole show or the show live on Fox, like the real Fox. Fox, yeah. But I wonder if yeah. they're going to have a whole yeah. three-hour deal. I wonder. Are they going to be show the whole thing? Oh, it's going to be on Fox Sports One. Yeah, I think it's uh, supposed to be live in 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 on the number on the the number one station for Fox. I thought that's what I'm saying. It'd be cool if they have like a whole three hour broadcast on the real like. Well, they're that part for that long, so yeah, yeah, it would. It, it, I bet they do it because I know be awesome. they scheduled this day because of they actually looked at the schedule to figure out which day they could do this based on what was going on with NASCAR and other things. So so it'd be right, an eleven baseball. o'clock start for uh, the West Coast to watch the race. That'll be interesting. Yeah. But, well, no, uh, yeah, twelve, right? Twelve, three hours fine. Three hours, yeah, twelve. So, so a noon start uh, for those who want to watch it there, and like, yeah, I guess uh, what else are you going to do on a on a beautiful Sunday afternoon than than watch uh, bikes go round and round? Um, Fifty minutes into this sucker, it was supposed to be thirty. Uh, I think <laughs> basically that that's actually right on time for what I kind of I, I assumed what would happen because we 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 shot for an hour the first time and we went an hour and a half. So this time it was a half hour and we were, we'll, we'll be somewhere around the hour because uh, I had also um, allotted some time to uh, complain about the broadcast. Uh, but uh, starting with Tony, uh, give me your top five for the 450s uh, this weekend at the last time we get to see Anaheim Stadium for uh, 2015. <laughs> the last time. Um, you know, I would love to see, I would love to have Mike be right and say Chad wins, but I don't probably think so. I think if I had to guess, I would say Ken Roxon, Ryan Dungey, Trey Kennard, Eli, and maybe Jason Anderson. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, why Anderson? Why do you feel like he turns his life around and uh, gets out onto the onto the top five again? Uh, I think the kid's got a lot of speed. He's just got to get a good start and not, you know not uh, yard sale it in the main. I think he's got plenty of speed. I think you could see that kid win a race this year. I oh, think sure. he's got a lot of. I think he's got the ability. Um, and I think, you know, he's probably due to have another podium finish somewhere along the way here. So I, I think yeah, it's I agree, a reasonable expectation. Totally. And now, Mike, uh, your top five. Uh, and as you predicted or you suggested earlier, you've got to go with CR22 for the for the win. Yeah, I'm just looking at his improvement week to week and his motivation right now. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to do it. Just go back to Jason Anderson for a second. I remember watching him last year when he remember he was just like charging through the field and running dudes down and getting those you know just how many times he blew Sealy out of a berm to win the race. Um, I remember thinking to myself, man, this kid could be the next guy in Supercross. So it's uh, it's interesting watching his progression. You know, a lot of people were saying they're surprised at his uh, success this year, but you know, I think factoring in his talent and now that he's down in the bakery, I think we. Uh, you know, he might be kind of a a contender for the title over the next who knows how long. So um, that being said, as far as the top five goes, yeah, I'm going to go with CR2 to you. Uh, then probably Tomac. Uh, I don't know how Kenny's going to do coming off of that uh, little whiplash into his crossbar. What, speaking of that, how the heck did he hurt his eyes on that? Did his goggles get pushed up into his eyes? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's he, his, he, his face at the crossbar. Yeah, 
Yeah. At first, I thought it was his chin that hit. You know, watching it in slow motion, but I guess it was his eye that hit it. Uh, something like that. But anyways, I got to go. Uh, you know, you're going to have in your top three, you're going to have CRT2, as I'm calling for the win. They're going to have Kennard and Roxon in there somewhere, too. And then, you know, Dungey and uh, Cole Seeley, maybe somewhere in that top six, top seven, somewhere in there. Jason Anderson, I think it's going to be top five. Um, you know, as far as week to week, because I always got to look at the practice times and then kind of go from there and figure out, you know, who's going to be where. So it's uh track looks good this week. I think we're going to see good racing. There's a couple of back-to-back 180s. There's a real interesting whoop section. I think we have the longest start strip we've had so far this season. Elevated uh, it like start. It looks like it's about a hundred yard start straight. It starts at the, uh, at the left center field wall and goes almost all the way to about where the second baseman's position is. So okay. It's a good length. It's a good length. You start, it comes from center field wall towards the first baseline. Um, so it's, uh, it's looking good. I think, uh, I think it's going to be another one of those. Actually, this might give Kenny a bit of an advantage too. He's such a good starter. I think, uh, you know, it's really going to be a, a track for people that get those good starts. So, might actually uh, have to rethink my 250 predictions too, based on uh, Jesse Nelson's starts. He gets out <laughs> that good start again, you know, like he's bad. He's been he's been an excellent starter this year. Um, Definitely, so. and and Justin Hill on the same, basically the exact same setup. Uh, those KTM's get off the line great. Um, excellent, excellent uh, predictions, guys. Um, do you, do you, do you, either one of you want to rant about the uh, the broadcast, or should I let you go? Uh, no, I don't have too much of a beef. You don't, don't have too much hey, of a beef anymore. I mean, I hate the pylon, but uh, nobody cares. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it has gotten smaller though. It's like the shrinking it expansion, which I think is good. I'm waiting for smart camera TVs people doing a better job, on it, like a computer. Yes, that would be that'd be excellent to to integrate something like that, so you could bring it up when you feel like you want it and and, and take it away. Otherwise, uh, I yep. just found that like every time I I go to use it to see what's happening down for like the only thing I use it for is to figure out who's in like sixteenth or something like that. And every time I look yeah, to it, perfect. they bring they bring up who is. Uh, who's who's battling right now? And they'll show that like, oh, so and so is point four seconds off, and like, no, you're you're looking at that battle. I can tell that they're like six bike lengths apart. I don't care what the the exact split is. Like, he's on them. Yeah, well, I do. I do have a minor rant. It's something that drove me crazy, and I actually tweeted about this. I tweeted to Fox Sports One. I said, for the love of God, stop showing replays. They need to have a no replays for the first five laps rule. Because how many times this week were they showing a damn replay where the crowd was freaking out because something great was happening? Yeah, we Anderson's crash. If you watch the broadcast oh only, God. you had no idea that that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, he almost did a complete front flip and landed that thing on the front wheels. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, he he took a incredible. serious digger. Like, yeah, the fact was- that he got up and kept riding, I'm like, oh. Well, I think part of the reason he did is because he literally almost got it all the way around and almost landed on his wheels. I think that's what I think the suspension somewhat saved him on that. He needed to commit to the front flip. <laughs> he needed to tuck a little bit more. He would have had it. <laughs> so, style, just go for it. Jamie Little has been eliminated from the rest of the the broadcast. Sadly, uh, I did prefer her. Uh, uh, master of Ceremonies work, uh, pre- preferred to uh, Ralph, but nevertheless, I do appreciate that uh, they've they've really minimized uh, Double D uh, in terms of of her impact on the broadcast whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, you guys will find good. out she's just bad at her job. That's all. I like. I just I guess her, her if if her position is to to sh- to, to give the the two. Uh, hashtags that we're supposed to do, and uh, actually, I guess I can I get your guys' uh, uh, thought on uh, it was Anaheim, was it Anaheim 2 or was it Phoenix? Uh, when uh, um, James put out the Instagram of him like uh, in his yeah. gear, and gutlessly they didn't uh, didn't they make didn't mention of yeah. that on the show. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Start with Tony. Well, you know, I, I am a little disappointed that they haven't, they've barely touched on him being out at all. Yeah. I mean, they they barely mentioned the fact that he and Villapoto aren't in the season. 
uh, in the series at yeah. all. It's really yeah. kind of disappointing, you know. They're it's like pretending like, that he, they're hurt or something. Right, right. I know. I mean, if Tom Brady didn't show up for the Super Bowl this weekend, you really think like uh, NBC would not <laughs> hardly mention it? It's oh like, yeah, no, the you, starting you quarterback got the is champion and like one of the greatest guys ever to throw a leg over a motorcycle. And they're both not in the series for one reason or another. And they're just like, okay, well they're dead to us. We're going to go on. Nothing who's next? Here. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Who's next? That idiotic nonsense. I mean, the, the sport will go on no matter who it is. I mean, it, whether it's Carmichael or RJ or whoever, you know, there's always yep. the next guy up. Oh, I, I got to meet that, RJ. But... I got to meet RJ guys. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was on track uh, but... walk and I got to meet him. Oh, right on. I, RJ's the man. Always has been. Always. Oh yeah, I was pretty pumped on that. But uh, yeah, totally. You know, the the sport does keep going. But I feel like all of the hard work and the sacrifice and the dedication that those two riders put into being a part of that sport and dominating the way they did, I think you kind of owe it to them a little bit to pay homage and 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 just just be like pay respect to the fact that those guys uh have have moved on and and that there's a a, a torch to be passed and the fact that there there'd be like maybe the races would be a little little different if uh if those two were on the line i like especially the fact that like neither one of them is past their prime like i think either one of them would uh would have a, a share of the points lead if if they were racing right now especially like Stu yeah, having yeah. five race it was it five race wins last year or just five in a row Who's that? Who's that? No, James he, it had five in a row. Oh, two. He didn't win. No, he definitely didn't win. I think five total, maybe. Five maybe. total. Just, yeah, five total. Maybe just his I think performance in Toronto was, I mean, was uh, that was one of the best rides I've seen in a long time. Totally. I, I literally got up off my chair when I saw him, like, the first jump that he did that lap where he, like, Basically preloaded something and up over top. Yep. It was it wasn't a triple. It was just a big long double that he like jumped off of nothing and ended up going like a hundred yards. That's what it looked yep. like. And then then did the quad and then another quad in the same lap. Like linked it all together for a lap that honestly had to have been like two laps, two seconds a lap faster than anyone. And then yeah, like all of a sudden the guy's gone and you're like, oh yeah, he's just not around. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, I think they just want to. Tony. Oh, okay, I just think they don't want to touch that. The whole uh, PED yeah. drugs thing. I mean, they don't even want to mention it or have it in the conversation. So I think that's kind of why they're doing, uh, you know, like downplaying his absence. And then I honestly think for some of, some of the people at Felder pissed at that RV kind of decided not to race the series. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think they really just want to just treat like he doesn't even exist. You know. I agree. I think I think they're a little bit butthurt about that, and they they, they don't uh, they feel a little bit shorted that uh, one of their biggest cash cows isn't going to be uh, on the line, which I understand to a point. But the same thing I mentioned, how these guys dedicate their lives to performing for you, so I feel like it it's your responsibility to uh, show some respect and 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 be the bigger be the bigger man about that and, and acknowledge them as well as uh, like, it's not for a second did major league baseball like step around the whole uh, like Sammy Sosa thing. And like they, they talked about that as like, as soon as Mark McGuire came back to baseball after uh, like, like after he had served his suspensions for uh, the baseball thing, like his, he, they, they talked about it almost every time he was at the plate. So, or a rod. Yeah. Or A-Rod yeah. or any of those guys. They, they talk about it. It's part yeah. of, like, they acknowledge it as being something that happened. When you sweep things under the rug, fans that are not as informed as we are go, basically, like, they go uninformed. They, like, they're not going to dig any further than the, that they know from the broadcast. So, like, from what they, like, from what they, they've talked about, then, like, oh, James Stewart's just not racing this year. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's decided sure. to stay home. <laughs> Exactly. Did it seem to you guys like they kind of, with the broadcast, the announcers kind of didn't talk about the black flag very much on the night that it happened? To I wouldn't know. I, I didn't watch that one. I was uh, in the stands. Also very confused. Oh, you, oh okay. Yeah, to yeah me, they didn't really like, mention I went it back much, and, did they? Nope. No, it, I went back and watched it just to see if you know I zoned it out or something. But, yeah, they really didn't talk about it. To me, one other minor thing about the, the broadcast that I would like to see addressed is, to me, it seems like the EQ is off a little bit. Like, when they're racing, 
seems like the bike noise is almost the same volume as what they're speaking, so it's kind of hard to hear what they're saying at times. I don't know, maybe that's just my hearing, but do you guys get that at all? Especially in the 250s. It is, okay. I haven't haven't really noticed it. I mean, like, uh, Ralph is screaming at the top of his lungs, so I usually can hear what he's saying pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it seems like they just need to set the EQ and just turn the bike noise down a little bit or, you know, less microphones on the track or something. Dub in some two-strokes, that would be much better. Yes, yeah, hey, that like, if they were to go that back to two-strokes, I think uh, that that would make everyone's life a little bit better. Uh, of course, uh, for those who don't already, and if you don't follow uh, the Motocross Vault or Tony Blazer on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you need to. I myself have been busying myself with uh, the, the 2005 Supercross season personally, uh, reliving some of those epic battles with uh, the two-strokes and, and the one of the first years that, uh, I guess not in the first year, but like when the the Honda 450 had really kind of come into its own with with K Dub. Uh, check those out. Tony Blazer on Instagram, uh, the Motocross Vault on both Facebook and YouTube, uh, and uh, follow these guys on Twitter. They're great Twitter follows. Uh, Mike Sweeney um, taking some of the most incredible photos uh, in motocross, as well as sharing uh, a lot of motocross knowledge and 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 just and just bringing people closer to the sport. The both of you have a well of knowledge, and uh, for those who are uh, passionate about motocross, for those of you who uh, love knowing the uh, the history of the sport, these two are uh, unbelievable follows on any type of social media outlet uh, i've learned a lot from thank them you, uh in the last few years and yeah just pay homage to you guys yeah, you guys you. really know your stuff and uh that's why i value in calling you guys and getting your opinion because uh you're you're knowledgeable dudes and uh like tony uh i i honestly can't thank you enough for all of the uh the posts that you make and the inst like the, the the youtube channel to me is is just my outlet to to really connect with uh the races of yesteryear that obviously i was too young to have really uh been aware of them like even like the 90s when i was just a kid uh going back and watching those races um for those who haven't done so it gives you a great idea of where the sport came from and where it's at right now and and where it's going as well as uh, uh, Mike, uh, you just you, you just know moto and you're passionate about it, and uh, the photos that you take are uh, are on par with anyone else in the sport uh, that's doing it in a big way. So uh, yeah, just thanks so much for you guys for you guys doing this. It's been awesome. Awesome, man. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to the Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at bigmxradio.com for more content.